Are you getting ready for Halloween if you celebrate this holiday in the country that you live in? What are you going to dress up as this year? And has anyone ever given you a big fright when you went out trick-or-treating? Hello everyone, and Kathleen Pally. Welcome to Journey with Story. Since we are getting very close to Halloween, today's episode is a rather spooky English fairy tale from Joseph Jacobs about a man who stumbles out into the dark countryside of England and gets a very big fright indeed. Now, if you do not like scary stories, then this is definitely not the story for you. You might want to go back and find another story on this podcast to listen to instead. But if you do like scary stories, then this is a wonderful story to share for Halloween. Mums and dads and grown-ups, some children might find this story too scary and it is definitely not for children under eight years of age. So please take a listen first for yourselves so you can decide. And thanks to all of you who have been rating, reviewing and sharing our podcast with others. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment now to rate, review or share this podcast with others. Thank you. Now, let's take a journey with The Buried Moon. Oh, a couple of words that you might not know. Mools, they are simply soft, crumbly sods of earth. And a snag is a dead or dying tree. Long ago in my grandmother's time, the carland was all in bogs. Great pools of black water and creeping trickles of green water and squishy mools which squirted when you stepped on them. Well, Granny used to say how long before her time the moon herself was once dead and buried in the marshes. And as she used to tell me, I will tell you all about it now. The moon up yonder shone and shone, just as she does now. And when she shone, she lighted up the bog pools so that one could walk about almost as safe as if in the day. But when she didn't shine, out came the things that dwelt in the darkness and went about seeking to do evil and harm. Boogies and crawling horrors all came out when the moon didn't shine. Well, the moon heard of this, and being kind and good as she surely is, shining for us in the night instead of taking her natural rest, she was much troubled. I will see for myself. I will, said she. Maybe it's not so bad as folks make out. Sure enough, at the mum's end, down she stepped, wrapped up in a black cloak and a black hood over her yellow, shining hair. Straight she went to the ball edge and looked about her. 
water here and water there, weaving tussocks and trembling moors and great black snags, all twisted and bent. Before her all was dark, dark, but for the glimmer of the stars and the pools and the light that came from her own white feet, stealing out of her black cloak. The moon drew her cloak faster about and trembled, but she wouldn't go back without seeing all there was to be seen. So on she went, stepping as light as the wind in summer from tuft to tuft, between the greedy, gurgling waterholes. Just as she came near a big black pool, her foot slipped, and she was nearly tumbling in. She grabbed with both hands at a snag nearby to steady herself with, but as she touched it, it twined itself around her wrists like a pair of handcuffs and gripped her so that she couldn't move. She pulled and twisted and fought, But it was no good. She was fast and must stay fast. Presently, as she stood trembling in the dark, wondering if help would come, she heard something calling in the distance. Calling, calling, and then dying away with a sob till the marshes were full of this pitiful crying sound. Then she heard steps floundering along, squishing in the mud and slipping on the tufts and through the darkness she saw a white face with great feared eyes. T'was a man strayed in the bogs, dazed with fear. He struggled on towards the flickering light that looked like help and safety. And when the poor moon saw that he was coming nearer and nearer to the deep hole, further and further from the path, she was so mad and so sorry that she struggled and fought and pulled harder than ever. And though she couldn't get loose, she twisted and turned till her black hood fell back off her shining yellow hair, and the beautiful light that came from it drove away the darkness. Oh, but the man cried with joy to see the light again, and at once all evil things fled back into the dark corners, for they cannot abide the light. So he could see where he was and where the path was, and how he could get out of the marsh. And he was in such haste to get away from all the bogles and things that dwelt there, that he scarce looked at the brave light that came from the beautiful shining yellow hair streaming out over the black cloak and falling to the water at his feet. And the moon herself was so taken up with saving him and with rejoicing that he was back on the right path that she clean forgot that she needed help herself and that she was held fast by the black snag. So off the man went, spent and gasping and stumbling and sobbing with joy, flying for his life out of the terrible bogs. Then it came over the moon that she would dearly like to go with him, so she pulled and fought as if she were mad, 
till she fell on her knees, spent with tugging at the foot of the snag. And as she lay there gasping for breath, the black hood fell forward over her head. So out went the blessed light, and back came the darkness with all its evil things, with a screech and a howl. They came crowding round her, mocking and snatching and beating, shrieking with rage and spite and grumbling and snarling. For they knew her to be their old enemy that drove them back into the corners and kept them from working their wicked wills. And they fought and squabbled what they should do with her till a pale grey light began to come into the sky and it drew nigh the dawning, and when they saw that, they were feared lest they shouldn't have time to work their will, and they caught hold of her with horrid bony fingers and laid her deep in the water at the foot of the snare. And the bogles fetched a strange big stone and rolled it on top of her to keep her from rising. And there lay the poor moon, dead and buried in the bog till someone would set her loose but who would know where to look for her well the days passed and it was the time for the new moon's coming and the folk put pennies in their pockets and straws in their caps so as to be ready for her and looked about for the moon was a good friend to the marsh folk and they were very glad when the dark time was gone and the paths were safe again and the evil things were driven back by the blessed light into the darkness and the waterholes. But days and days passed and the new moon never came and the nights were aye dark and the evil things were worse than ever and still the days went on and the new moon never came. Naturally, the poor folk were mightily afraid and confused, and a lot of them went to the wise woman who dwelt in the old mill and asked if she would help them find out where the moon was gone. Well, said she, after looking in the brew pot and in the mirror and in the book, it be right odd, but I can't properly tell you what's happened to her. If you hear of aught, come and tell me. So they went their ways, and as days went by, and never a moon came, naturally they talked, my word, I reckon they did talk, their tongues wagged at home and at the inn. But so came one day, as they were in the inn, and a man from the far end of the boglands was listening, when all at once he sat up and he slapped his knee. <gasps> Listen, you're... I clean forgot, but I reckon I can where the moon be. And he told them of how he was lost in the bogs, and how when he was nigh dead with fright, the light shone out, and he found the path and got home safe. So off they all went to the wise woman, and they told her about it, and she looked long in the pot and the book again, and then she nodded her head. It's dark, still dark, says she, and I can't rightly see, but do as I tell ye, and ye will find out for yourselves. Go all of you just before the night gathers, 
put a stone in your mouth and take a hazel twig in your hands and say never a word till you're safe home again. Then walk on and fear not far into the midst of the marsh till you find a coffin, a candle, and a cross. Then you will not be far from your moon. Look and you will find her. So came the next night and the darklings, and out they all went together, every man with a stone in his mouth and a hazel twig in his hand, and feeling mighty scared out of their wits. They stumbled and they stuttered along the paths into the midst of the bogs. They saw nought. Though they heard sighings and flutterings in their ears, felt fingers touching them. But all at once, looking around for the coffin, the candle and the cross, they came near to the pool beside the great snag where the moon lay buried. And all at once they stopped quaking, for there was the great stone half in, half out of the water, for all the world like a strange big coffin. And at the head was the black snag stretching out its two arms in a dark, gruesome cross, and on it a little light flickered like a dying candle. And they all knelt down in the mud, and then crawled nearer and took hold of the big stone, and shoved it up. And afterwards, they said for one tiny minute, they saw a strange and beautiful face looking up at them, glad, like out of the black water. But the light came so quick and so white and shining that they stepped back amazed with it. And the very next minute, when they could see again, there was the full moon in the sky, bright and beautiful, kind as ever, shining and smiling down at them and making the bogs and the paths as clear as day and stealing into their very corners as though she'd have driven the darkness and the bogles clean away. Well, what do you think this story's souvenir is? What glimmer of truth is it telling us? Well, I don't know about you, but I definitely think it's a good reminder for me not to go out at night into the dark woods or the dark marshes or wherever. And remember, as we mentioned last week, Halloween is a time where we celebrate the triumph of good over evil, just as this story shows us that in the end, as Julian of Norwich says, all shall be well, all shall be well. And all manner of things shall be well. Happy Halloween. Be well, my friends. Cheerio then. Join me next time for Journey with Story. Music and post-production was by Colette Jonas.